let's see. So where should we start from? Uh, let's start from the top of 29A, the top line. And the Gemara is in the middle of going through different things that the Mishnah had taught us previously, uh, things that can only be done during the daytime. Okay? And one of the things that the Mishnah taught us is, Ula rifas ha'egla. Okay, so what's rifas ha'egla? So the halacha is that you have a calf, and if there is someone who has, you find a dead body, not inside any city, but outside of a city, and the city that is closest to, we don't know who killed it, we know somebody killed it. The city that it's closest to has to bring a special carbon. And what they do is they take a, a young cow, a young female cow that has never yet worked and has never yet had children. And what they do is they take it and they actually just break its neck. Okay? Ter terribly harsh act, right? You're taking something that's in the, that, that's going to be able to give, going to be able to create, to produce, to reproduce in this world. And instead, you cut it off, right? And the idea, of course, is to shock the neighboring city and the city who is going to have to bring that into the recognition that this is not okay to have a dead body next to it, right? And, and that part of our role in life as a society, as a community, is to ensure safety of others around us. And when I say this, by the way, of course, I'm also not just thinking about, uh, you know, murder. I'm also thinking about, you know, the terrible incident that happened in Israel about it, ensuring safety of others around us in terms of uh, personal safety, let's call it, right? So... Like this, Gemara says that that action of, of taking the calf and, and uh, slaughtering, you know, chopping its neck in the back, that action has to be done during the day. Why does it have to be done during the day? Because it, it is written about the process of the Eglarufa. The idea is that it is like the Kapara. It is an atonement. In the same way, uh, Kachim, these special offerings that are brought as Karbanas, right, have to be brought during the day. And they are atonement, so to the Eglarufa has to be brought during the day. And for purifying the Mitzora, the person who was a leper, it's written, it's written in the Torah, this will be the laws of the Mitzora on the day of his purification, the day. So when it says beyom, that teaches you that this process can only be carried out during the day. The entire night is valid for the chopping down of the Omer. Right? The Omer is the offering that is brought the day after the first day of Pesach. In Eretz Yisrael, when we have a base of Mikdash. So what you do is you take a special uh, scythe and you go with a great pomp and circumstance and ceremony. And you go and you chop down the offering of barley for this special uh, offering. And it's done. It has to be done the night before you bring it. The Amar Mar, Katsira Vesfira, Belayla Vahaba Abayim. Because it says that the Katsira, the cutting and the Sfira and the counting of it should be done at night. And the bringing of it should be done during the next day. In other words, the second day of Pesach. And for the burning of the fats and the limbs, that can be done the entire night. The entire night This is the principle the Mishnah taught. Anything that the time for doing the mitzvah is during the day, then technically the mitzvah can be done the entire day. Anytime the Mishnah needs to tell us, this is the principle, after having given a, a list of cases, so clearly you're coming to include something that is not already inclusive, from those cases. So what are you coming to include? These include the arranging of the cups, the bezichen, the cups that hold the, the special incense that you put on the showbread and the removing of the cups. When you remove the old, the old showbread, shachras in the morning, and then you arrange the new one in the evening. There's nothing wrong with that. That's also okay. In other words, even though there was an entire day in which there was nothing on it, that's still okay. 
So how do I fulfill that which is written in the Torah that it should be in front of Hashem continuously? That there shouldn't be a shulchan with a bread, a table without bread for an entire day and night. Any mitzvah that should be done at night can be done the entire night. What is this coming to include? To include the eating of the carbon Pesach. This is not like Rebbe ben Azariah, as we learned in, in Pesachim. We learned shall eat this meat on this night. It says over here, on this very night. And it says later on, when Hashem is coming to do in this upcoming week's parsha, right in Parsha's bow, when Hashem is coming to pass through the land of Egypt for the makas pechoros, right for the the plague of the firstborn, it says that I passed over in Egypt on this night. What time was that taking place? Exactly at midnight. So too, when it comes to the Pesach, ad We finished the chapter about reading things out of order. It's like the next Mishnah. If someone wants to read the Megillah, you can read it standing or sitting. One person can read it, and two people can read it, right? Yatsu. In all these cases, you fulfilled your obligation. In a place in which the custom is to make a blessing before reading the Megillah, I'm sorry, or after reading the Megillah, the custom is not to make the blessing, then you do not need to make the blessing. Okay? It's all about the custom over here. And Mondays and Thursdays, and Mincha and Shabbos. So they were now they we're talking about the reading of the Gila, which is what the previous mission did. We're now going to continue to talk about in general reading of the Torah processes, okay, procedures, protocols, I guess we should say. So on the Monday and Thursday, when you read from the Torah, and also on Shabbos Mincha, you read from the Torah. Three people read from the Torah, the three aliyahs. No less than three and no more than three. By the way, tonight is Rosh Chodesh, which means tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. So not only would we be, be, be laning tomorrow for Monday, we'd also are laning tomorrow because Rosh Chodesh. And then there's no maftir of Navi, right? We don't read the, the haftarah of Navi, right? In other words, on Mondays and Thursdays and Mincha time, we don't read from the, the haftarah. Now, the process of reading Haftarah, right, to be clear, the process of reading a passage from Navi took place during a time period when there was a, a Persian king who disallowed us to read the Torah in public. So we weren't able to read from the actual five books, but he allowed us to read from the prophets because he knew that wasn't as important in our, in our process. Okay? So therefore, he allowed us to read from the prophets. Why do we still read from the prophets today when we no longer have that decree? So we want to keep that possibility alive. Not a possibility, I'm sorry. We want to keep the custom alive that we read from the prophets. But even initially, that, that custom was never to read from the prophets on Mondays and Thursdays in Shabbos Mincha. The person who starts reading, the person who reads last from the Torah, they make a bracha before and after their reading. Intermediate days of the holiday. Then four people read from the Torah. No less than four, no more than four. And once again, we don't have a, anybody reading the Aftara from the Nabiim. Person who reads first, the person who reads last in the Torah. You make the bracha before and after. Zakal, this is the principle. Any day that we dab in Musaf and it's not Yom Tov, then four people read from the Torah. It's a holiday, then four or five people read from the Torah. Six people read from the Torah. On Shabbos, seven people read from the Torah. On those days, in other words, Yom Tov and Kippur and Shabbos, you cannot 
have less than these numbers of five, six, or seven, but you could have more than those numbers. And you and you finish off with a with a prophet. The one who begins and the one who ends make a bracha both before and after. Tana. Tana taught. The halacha that you could read from the Megillah while you're sitting, that is not true when it comes to reading from the Torah. You're not reading from the Torah while you're sitting. You're not in immediately. How do we know this? I'm going to be a bow. Rabbi Bow says, it says in the Passover. But as for you, stand here with me. And it says, Amod, stand, that teaches us that it can only be read. The public reading of the Torah can only be stand. If the Passover had not written this Passover, it would not be possible for us to say this. Because Omeish Rabbeinu was saying over what Hashem had said. And Hashem is saying, with me, so to speak, right? So the implication is that Hashem is standing, right? So there's the Pasuk would not have used that language. We would never have used a language that would imply this type of idea. How do you know that Rabbi shouldn't be sitting on a bed? And teach his students to his or sitting on the ground. That you should be standing with me. In other words, the, the way it should be is that the the Rebbe and the student should be on, on the same level, so to speak. You know, in this specific aspect, at least. We learned in a bright They would only teach Torah while standing. There was a weakness that came into the world. And they were no longer able to learn Torah, only in that sitting. That's why we learned in the Mishnah. So the, the Mishnah at the end of Sota goes through a list of things that happened when different people died, different great rabbis died, and what, what happened at that point. And one of the things that says about Rabbi Gamliel is that Rabbi Gamliel dies, the covet of Torah, the respect for Torah was not done on the same level. It was diminished, nullified, right? And on some level diminished, right? What does that mean? It means they were no longer standing while they learned Torah. One Pasuk says, and I sat on the mountain. Another Pasuk says, and I stood on the mountain. Amarab, both referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. Amarab, Moshe stood when he was learning, and then he sat when he was reviewing. And it wasn't standing, he was bending over, he was shakali perhaps, right? This sitting over here does not refer to actually sitting, it refers to staying in your place. It says, and you then stayed and doesn't mean to sit, right? It comes from the Lashon of Bayeshe, right? Bayeshe means to, to settle or to or to rest, right? But it doesn't mean to sit per se, even though it comes from the same Shorash, the same root. Rabbi Amar, Rakis, he would stand when he was learning the easier things and when he was learning the more difficult things, he would sit because he did not want to, he wanted to keep all of his energy focused on the mental exertion and not focused on the physical exertion. So if it was more difficult, he would stay, sit and if it was easier, he would stand. If one person reads it or if two people read it, they fulfill their obligation. We don't mean to say two people reading the same part of the Torah at the same time. Obviously, we mean if two people read the Torah portion split into two. Turn the page now. This is not the case with the Torah reading. Right? We learned in a Abraisa. With the Torah, one person can read it, another person can translate it, right? So what they would actually do in those days is they would have a public interpreter, right? So they have somebody get up there and start reading from the Torah, and then somebody else would say, uh, and then explain with Targum, which we learned already previously, and other Masechtas, right? That someone would get up there and then be with Targum, would interpret and say over some things in Aramaic about what they had just said. As long as there's one person reading and two people translating at the same time. 
when it comes to Navi, then one person would read and two people would translate. When it comes to Hala and Nagila, I feel a Sarah Kayan as Sarah Matargan. When it comes to Hala and Nagila, you could even have two people reading and two people, uh, I'm sorry, 10 people reading and 10 people translating at the same time. My time was the reason. Even the Habiba, since people are so excited and it's so, it's in um, an awesome, all, you know, awe inspiring moment to listen to Hala and Megillah, Yahweh Daite Tatayo They're able to give a greater level of attention and they're able to understand things, right? This gets into a famous question of, are you able to hear two different people talking at the same time? Well, if, if they're reading the same thing, then technically you are able to, as long as you give a, a high level of focus and attention concentration. However, there are certain things for which you will be more concentrated on and more focused on, and certain things which you will not be as. And Hala and Megillah are in the category of things you can be more focused on. In a place where the customers can make a bracha on the Megillah, then you do. This is only true that when there's the custom to make a blessing, you make the blessing. When there is not a custom, you don't. It's only referring to after the Megillah. But before reading the Megillah, mitzvah then it's an, not just a custom, it's a, a mitzvah, a, a commandment, obligation. They said that all mitzvahs, you make a bracha right before you do the mitzvah. So if, if the chazal, our sages made an obligation us to read the Megillah, they, concurrently they also made an obligation us to make a blessing before reading the Megillah. So when we refer to this blessing that was a custom, some places not custom, other places, of course that's only referring to the blessing after, not the blessing before. My mashman hi over The Gemara says one second. I didn't know that this language. We know that this language over means that you make a blessing right beforehand. But the Gemara is asking. You know that maybe today, two thousand years later. But the Gemara is saying, how do you know that that's what the language means? Over means to pass. Who was very very fast ran. Basically, they're going to tell David Amalek that Shaul and Yenison have died in battle. And yeah, I believe that's what's happening over here. So Achimatz goes and runs faster than the Kushi to go tell David what happened. And it says, another verse, it says that he passed in front of them, right? So this language of Avar, to pass, can mean to go in front of. Another way to say it is perhaps from here, another Pasuk in which we say Avar, in the language of Avar, the Shorosh root of Avar, to pass, means in front of. What bracha do you make before reading the Megillah? Me, Katz Razia, uh, I guess that's where uh, Katz Ridden is today, delicious winery. Iklala Kameda Ravashi, came in front of Ravashi, Barach, and he made a bracha of Menach. Right, so what is Menach? So let's see Rashi. Zak Rashi. Menach, Al Mikra Megillah, Vesha Sanisa, Meshachiana. Right, so three brachas that he would make is Mikra Megillah, Shekhi Shabbos, Manu, Al Mikra Megillah. And then make a brach of Sha'as and Nisim Lavasenu as the miracles for our forefathers. And then also Shekhiyan was cut this live at this point. And Menach is an acronym for these three blessings. So Mem is for the Mikra. And the Nun is for Nisim. And the Ches is for Shekhiyanu. Who has, who has, um, who, who robbed the Rivenu, takes up our, uh, our um, struggle, and who, who judges our, our questions, our causes, who avenged our vengeance, and who, brings, who punishes for us, our, the people who are fighting us, the people who are making us in tar. 
who repays in plentiful, right, those who are the enemies of our souls. Who brings punishment for Yisrael and all of their enemies. Rabba Amar, the concluding words are the God who saves. Therefore, they both them. Baruch Atah Hashem, blessed are you Hashem. Anifrali Yisrael Michal Tzareim will be punishment for Israel and all of our enemies. Hakel HaMeshiyah, the God who saves. Right? We want to put both of them in the same context because we like these ideas together that is the same God who both saves us at the same time that he's punishing our enemies. Right? It's not, the, it's not about vengeance and it's not about saving. It's about both. Everything comes from Hashem. Mishenim HaMeshi B'Shabbos, Mincha, Kairin, Shleisha. On the second Mondays and Thursdays, and on Shabbos, Mincha, with three people reading the Torah. Who are these three connected? Who are they opposite? Who are they corresponding to? They are corresponding to the Torah, the Nevi'im, and the Ksuvim. They are coming corresponding to the priests, the Levites, and the Israelites. That which Avsimi said, We don't read fewer than 10 verses of the Torah in the Besaknesis. So then, Hashem speaks to Moshe. Counts as one, right? Even though it's one of the psukim. So anytime it says Vedab Hashem Moshe, it also counts as one of the temsukim. Hani Asara Kenegani. Who are these temsukim? Who are they coming? Why do they specifically? Why do the sages say you have to read temsukim? No, no, no fewer than temsukim. Anytime you're reading publicly, why? What's ten? What's this concept? Amru Yishuv and Levi Kenegad Asara Batlanim Shavesek Nesses. These are corresponding to the ten people who are always able to be found in the the Besek Nesses in Shul. These are the ten people who are always available to to be having in the minyan. Right uh, today we no longer have a sarabat lanam, so therefore we all have to make it to me. This is corresponding to the ten commandments that were said to Moshe and Sinai. The the ten hilulim, the ten halos that David Amal said in the book of Psalms. These are corresponding to the ten saints that were in the creation of the world. Hashem created the world with ten saints, so to speak. Hi, Nenu, what are they? Each time it says Vayemar, then Hashem said in Bereshis, that's only nine, that's not ten. Bereshis Nami Maimarhu. Bereshis itself is also a saint. The words of Hashem, the heavens were created or were made, right? And the breath of his of his um of his mouth, all of the hosts of the heavens. So so Bereshus itself is actually a statement of God, because you see that the Bereshus was already part of the creation. Amar Rava, Rava says, Rishon Shekara Dalad Meshubach, the first person reads four psukim, then that's good. Shani Shekara Dalad Meshubach, the second person reads four out of the ten, that's also good. First person reads three, second four, third three. Shlishi Shekara Dalad Meshubach, or further one reads four, that's also good. Rishon Shekara Dalad Meshubach, the first one reads four psukim out of the ten, that's good. It's not as we learned in the Mishnah. Meshalash Kupe Shalshalash Sa'in, there are three chests, each have a capacity of three suh. Shabahen tarmanes alishka. And they would take out money from there for the lishka, or the, for the base of mikdash lishka, right? Bahaya kosovalein aleph base gimel. And what were written on these, on these lishka is on these chests were written aleph base and gimel. To tell you which one was the chests of, of Shkalim that were collected from B'nai Yisrael, which one was collected from at the earliest time, because that's the one that you should take from first. If the middle one reads for a second, that's also good. But we start from that first point is that the first thing should be taken first, as we see from this Pasuk, in, not the Pasuk, but the Halach about the Shkalim. And that's why if the first person reads all four, four out of the ten, that's good. 
Second verse means four out of ten. That's also good. Tanya will learn Raisa. El Mulpanei Amanera to the face of the menorah of the candelabra. Yeiru, it should be light lit up. Malamit Shemitzadit Pneim Klapei Ner Maravi. It teaches that the menorahs were all facing the western lamp. Menem Maravi Klapei Shechina. The western lamp is after the Shechina, the presence of God. But Amar Rabbi Yechanan Nekan Shem Tzoy Meshubach. From here we see that the middle, the middle one is the preferable one. Okay. And so the famous thing of, you know, first is the best, second is the worst, you know, third is the one, uh, I don't know, with polka dot chess, all those things that, you you know, the kids say. So the is telling you, first, the first might be better, the second might be better. There's different reasons to suggest that each one of these are better. And if the third guy reads four second, that's also good, praiseworthy. Because you should go up in holiness, but you don't decrease in holiness. So the last one should be on the highest level. In other words, reading four second. Papa Ikla Lebei. Kanishta the Abigaivar, he went to the synagogue, the shoal of Abigaivar. Bekara Rishon Arba, Lishavcheha Reb Papa. And there's also some nice story that that actually reinforces this concept. Reb Papa was one time in this shoal, and we can record for for posterity that the first person read four, and Reb Papa said, "Very good, very good, you did well." And you can't do less than three, four, and not more than not more than three, and not less than three. Tana. The one who makes the opens re- reading the first part of it, he makes a bracha beforehand. And the last one makes a bracha when he finishes reading. Nowadays, everybody makes their own bracha before and after their aliyah. They don't wait only one bracha at the right at the beginning, one bracha right at the end. The rabbis made a takana out of a concern that people who are coming in and going out and are not there at the, the entire time they might end up getting confused and not realize that they're coming in the middle of an aliyah and they'll wonder why aren't they making a bracha before and after. So now we make a bracha before and after. Parenthetically, right, today, in the times of the Gemara, each person would get up and they would actually lane their aliyah, right? So in other words, there wasn't an official laner. Whoever got an aliyah, he would read from the Torah. And I think the Yemenite community, they still do this as well. If you get an aliyah, that means that you're, you read your aliyah, right? <laughs> today, we only get up there only for the sake of actually making the bracha before and after, right? We're not even the ones reading it, so it wouldn't make any sense at all. The portion of Rishchidosh, how do they read it? Section beginning with command the children of Israel, say to them, Karbani, my offering, Malachmi, my bread, the Havian, Tamni, Epsukum, with only eight Psukum. Echinavid, what should we do with only eight Psukum? Nikri, trait, loss of Psukum. Two people will read three Psukum each. Pashalu trade, there's only two psukim left. You can't leave fewer than three psukim for the final aliyah. Nikri arba arba, each before psukim, pashalu shiva, then there's going to be seven psukim left over. Shabbos having a tray, and then the, 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 the paragraph beginning with Yema Shabbos is only going to be two psukim. Chamisha. Paragraph beginning with Anya Rish Chedesh is going to be five. Hechin Nabit, what are you going to end up doing? In other words, there are places where you're supposed to stop, places where you're supposed to finish. You can't just stop in the middle of a, of a paragraph. It has to be at the end, the beginning of a concept, right, where you're stopping and starting. So how are you going to split this up all together? Nikri trade There are two from Sukkim numbers 9 and 10, and then one Sukkim number 11. You don't start to read a, a next section unless you have a group Sukkim that you're going to read in it. Nikri trade mihav Maybe you should read two from the first one and three from the second one. Pashlu trade. Well, if you read three from the second one, right, then there's only going to be two psukim left, but the next guy is going to get up for the aliyah in the second section. So he said to him, I thought I didn't hear the answer to this. I don't know what the halakha is about. 
Similar, we'll finish with this. It's not, we learned in a Mishnah. We have a Rishon on Sundays, Barashas Vayihirakiyah. In the Maimud, right, which we learned about in Tainus, the Maimud, the people who are reading from the Torah as the representatives of the entire Jewish people. So they would read Vayihirakiyah, and in the beginning, Barashas Vayihirakiyah. In the beginning, and there was, there should be a, uh, the, the firmament separating between the, the above waters and the lower waters. Tani Allah, we told in Rice about this. Barashas Bishnaim, Yihirakiyah Vayachad. The beginning was read by two, and Yehirakiyah was read by one. And we asked them, especially when Yehirakiyah ba'echad, it says Yehirakiyah, you can read it with only one person. It's lots of sukkah habits, exactly three seconds. El, Bereshus, Bishnayim, but how do you read the Bereshus with two? Chamish of sukkah habits, only five seconds. Betanya, we learned in Raisa, Akira, Betayra, Yifches, Mishlesh, Sukkim. Someone's reading from the Torah, you don't read less than three seconds. It's Marla, and it was said about this. Rav Amarav said, Dailik, that you, that you uh, repeat the previous Pasik. But Shmuel Amar Pesik, and Shmuel says that you split a Pasik into two. So maybe you should split it. Or in other words, Rab would say that you should repeat it, and Shmuel would say you should split a pasuk into two. Okay, so we'll continue this concept tomorrow night, Bezus Hashem, at eight forty-five because Berkeley is still closed. Uh, you know they're still on their uh, break. So tomorrow night at eight forty-five, Bezus Hashem, great to be back. Good to see you all. Take care. Bye bye.